Good morning, everyone. Is this on? Yeah? It's good. That's too bad. (laughs) That's a shame. Well, it's been a wonderful morning so far, and you know, we were reminded that it's Father's Day, and we have the greatest father, all of us, right? As believers, we have, the, we've had, we have the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have the Father of fathers. We really do. And so it's a wonderful thing to, uh, to come together and, and gather and remember him and remember what his son did and that uh, his fellowship as well, of course, all these blessings that we have from God. So before I start, we'll open in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you are our Father. Thank you, Lord, that uh, this day and every day of our lives, from now into eternity, you are, you are our Father, and we just, we praise you for that, Lord. We praise you for the never-ending supply of your grace, and uh, this morning as we look into your word, pray, Father in heaven, that uh, your Son would be glorified, and you would be pleased. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so, drawing near to God. I was kind of... Uh, I was going to go a few different ways with a different message, but there was another message that I wanted to do, Lord willing, the next time on uh, eternal security. But I think it would go well after this message anyway. So uh, when I was a kid, I was fascinated with jack knives and pocket knives, Swiss Army knives. Remember those? Wonderful. Then they come out with the multi-tool. Amazing. All in one place. You pop it open and it's like almost everything that you would need there, right? It's just all in one place contained. It's wonderful to have one of those or a few of those. Okay, maybe 10 of those. Um, Okay, here we go. Okay. I mean, look at that. I like it. It's, It's not very practical, perhaps. Hard to carry, maybe hard to carry. It needs its own seat on an airplane if you can get past security. But um, is that a little kitchen sink? Is that? No. If that ever opens in your pocket, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. I hope that doesn't open anyone's pocket. I like going to Costco and um, Home Depot, those kind of stores. Because it's all in one. It's just, it's there. I can do what I have to do. Get it. Look at some stuff. Like at Costco, if Diana's looking at something else, I can drift away, which I do constantly, <laughs> looking for... And why is it that when we go there, you know what? If, if you ever see those little hermit crabs that go around, you've probably seen those documentary shows, and then they, they see another shell, and they go, eh, and they get rid of that one, and they hop into that one. It's like that with the boxes at Costco, right? You go in there, you, you got to get a box, you get your stuff out of there, and you go, well, that's a better box, you know? And you, put, and you go, yeah, I'll like, then you're in line, you go, that's a better box, you know? It's funny. You know, the Bible is very much like a pocket knife in a lot of ways. It's all in one. It's all in one place. The entire library contained in that one book. It's amazing. It's the ultimate revelation of God to man. All that he has said in one place. 
But just so as you can take a particular tool and you can select it and you can use it, and we should as believers, we should be in, in our Bibles and selecting the proper tool, the proper verse. In the multiverse, because it's a multi-tool. So, the Bible with those precious truths, we can apply to our lives every day. And part of this message, drawing near to God, I'm gonna touch on some of the things that, that I've used that have been a great help to me and uh, I can share with you. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. And in James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Okay, so this last verse is one verse out of many in the Bible, but this one verse alone is so amazing. Think of any sin, any sin. Maybe you've stolen something. Maybe you've lied. Maybe you've coveted. Maybe you've looked at pornography. Maybe you've done something that you know is sin, you know it's wrong. This one verse, should give you amazing joy because if we're drawing near to sin, let's say God is over here and we go, no. We draw near to God. What happens? That sin is further and further away from us. That to me is amazing that simple verse, we draw near to God, he draws near to us, and where's our sin? Further and further and further away from us. What are some ways that we can draw near to God? We can read his word. Read and study the Word of God. The devotional Bible study method is a method I've used for a while. It, it is wonderful. It's, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to, once you start using it, to incorporate that into your, into your walk of drawing near to God. So, when you read the verse or a chapter, there's a summary. So you summarize the passage or chapter with a title, short phrase, a headline, I used to have these, well, I still have them. They're right here. These little recipe cards that I would make up. It's got a verse on it. It's got the, the, where it is in the Bible, like Matthew 15, 19, and then it's got the verse. And over here, this is like the little title, the little headline. It just says, the heart, because it's for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And then at the bottom again, the verse. I know you can't see this too well, folks, but it's... The point of that is when you go into the verses of, uh, of the Bible 
And the second thing you do, once you've got your summary, is what lessons or truths or principles or doctrines or theological treasures are revealed? And then the third thing is that you do is prayer, a thing back towards what you've just learned in those principles. So this is an example I took from, um, I tweaked it a bit from John Barnett, Discover the Book Ministries. And so he's reading in chapter 16, and he says, life without Jesus is an Armageddon. This is when the, the, the judgments of God are coming down upon people, and it describes some of the terrible things that happen. And so the lesson or observance from that would be, life without Jesus is horrible, like having an unending disease and dying of thirst and being enslaved to the worst master and living in total darkness and endless despair. And then the prayer at the end of it would be, thank you, Father, for giving me Jesus. Because of Jesus, I am healed, right? Have living water. I am set free. I walk in the light and have endless joy. This is so, so amazing because if you take, I'm going to take one here. Let's see what happens. Psalm 51.17 says, God's mercy. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, these, O oh God, you will not despise. Okay? So, and I titled it God's Mercy. And what kind of lessons or doctrines can we take out of that? The sacrifices of God. So God desires sacrifices. A broken spirit. God desires a broken spirit within us. A broken and a contrite heart. Wants us to be humble these, O oh God, you will not despise. Just that one alone, I can say, looking at that with, with exegesis, not eisegesis, well, the sacrifice of God or a broken spirit. I've got to go around breaking my spirit somehow. You know, that, that's not what it's saying, right? That would, be, that would be eisegesis. But when you look at the text and you see that God, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, God is holy, he, he requires us to walk in a certain way. And because he's rich in compassion, he's willing to have us come to him for forgiveness, for healing, all our needs. And so we could say a prayer after that. This is the summary, the lesson, and now a prayer back to that, saying, thank you, Father in heaven that you accepted the sacrifice of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in my place. It's a humbling thing, Father in heaven, to come before you and realize I've sinned against you and I need your forgiveness. I thank you for not casting me away. I thank you in your word that you also say you will by no means cast those that come to you out. So there, pretty simple, right? But it's drawing us near to God that's just one other way that we can do that. Prayer. Oh, that's a biggie. Prayer is another way that we can draw near to God. And I know at the end of that one, they're talking about a prayer, but that was a prayer back in response to that verse or what we've learned. This is, of course, the model prayer that the Lord Jesus talked about, and I've broken it down and you'll see on the side it says, when we go, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Focus me on you. Focus my thinking on you, Lord. It's preparing us. It's us realizing who God is. Uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Prepare me. 
Control me. Give us this day our daily bread. Supply me. I used to wonder that when I was a smaller, because we, we recited and memorized the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, even though I grew up in a Roman Catholic church. I remember that, but they used to always get me. Give us this day our daily bread. And yeah, I'd see the bread, or whatever we were eating, but I always liked, oh, we're, we're supposed to pray for that, and think, I thought that was the end of it. You pray for bread, okay, move on. But it's our daily needs. It's our supply. It's, it's what, what are we facing when we get up in the morning? Where do we need God to strengthen us, to empower us, to give us that confidence in knowing that he is well aware of our situation, he's in total control? Maybe it's something, you've got some big bills coming up or something, and you go, Lord, when we were trying to sell our house out in Alberta, it sat vacant for eight months. So we were paying rent here, and we were paying a mortgage there. And I remember right after Christmas going, oh, because it's getting near the end of the month, I'm going, oh, this is, um, this is getting really tight. This, this, this is, uh, got to pray about this. We always wait too long sometimes. Sometimes it seems like we're funny. Hey, we, even when I'm out on the street, I'll be, and no one's taking tracks, and I go, forgot to pray. I said, Lord, bring people. Next thing you know, we're handing out tracks. It's just like, duh, you know? Anyway, it's a funny part. But anyways, about the house. So, probably, oh, within a week for sure, we had the one and only offer on our home, and it was, we managed to have it sold. So that was, uh, but again, it's coming closer. So something, so it's another way where we can draw close to God. Show him or tell him what we need. Tell him our situation. He knows anyway, but it, this is all part of prayer, right? It's communicating with God. It's, it's sharing our hearts with him, even if they're small things, you know? It can be the smallest of things. Oh, you know, that guy at work, he said this, and Lord, I... Uh, I don't know what to say to him, you know. And that's happened to me. And I go to him, and he will, he supplies so many things in our lives. And I know we kind of take it for granted sometimes, but you know, the wonderful thing is when we, when we pray to him and we stay close to him, we draw near to him through prayer, it just gives us joy. As Christians, this world is a harsh place. It's not our home. This is enemy territory. The earth and its fullness belong to the Lord, yes, but for now, we're in a place that is hostile to Christians, hostile to the word of God. As, as our brother David spoke earlier in Genesis, some of the things that are, that are now, now being imposed upon children in the schools, things like that. Okay, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, so cleanse me. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protect me. How many of you at one time thought that lead us not into temptation? You had to say, God, oh God, don't, don't, don't let me go somewhere where I'm going to be, you know, bad. You know, we're almost saying that God, oh, okay, I was going to send you there, but now, okay, I'll let you go this way. You know, we kind of take it a little bit out of context there. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So empty me. What's interesting, these, these uh, ways of drawing near to God, it, it strengthens us as believers. It, it causes that relationship that we have and when we tell others to, to, to be solidified somehow, where it's an everyday part of our life. Because remember before you were a Christian, you may have prayed or you may have done these things, but it, it takes on a whole new meaning when, 
God adopts us into his family. We're all adopted <laughs> into the family of God. We're, not, we're born again into it, but we're born into the world. Okay. Drawing near to God. Eat M&Ms. Meditate and memorize. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I gave a tract to somebody one time and he looked at me, tore it up, and he ate it. And I'm thinking, that's not what that verse means. <laughs> but it was interesting. Um, uh, now Psalm 119, 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we memorize his word, we meditate on his word, it keeps us close to him. We draw near to him that I might not sin against you. That's a wonderful truth. Okay. Hey, Con, you're up. California two-spot octopus is on the petite side. At just up to one and a half feet, He's a tasty morsel for hungry seals, or ravenous moray eels. Today, he's on the hunt, looking for shellfish. But octopus has stumbled onto a shellfish of the wrong kind. California mantis shrimp. Octopus's cousins should have warned him. Mantis here is no shrimp even if he looks like one. Like others in his family, he's great at attack. But he's also formidable at defense. Octopus, however, gives chase, following what he thinks is an easy meal. It's a big mistake. Once in his burrow, Mantis takes a stance transforms into a warrior. Called a Meryl Spread, it's a warning to Octopus to back off. But Octopus is not buying it. Octopus isn't using any of his nine brains. And Mantis has had enough. He pulls up his hammer claws and goes into attack. His claws hit Octopus with the speed and force of a bullet. Octopus reels. Nobody told him about those claws. Mantis delivers another punch with a force almost as strong as the crushing jaws of an African lion. Octopus retreats. But Mantis is only just getting started. This time, it's a bullseye. 
the eyes. Mantis gets ready for another round. Octopus can't take it anymore. <coughs> he heads off to find some real shrimp. A final Meryl spread reminds him, never judge a creature by its looks again. Well... Should we keep going with those? No. Okay, that little mantis shrimp, it's neither mantis nor shrimp, apparently. <laughs> he knows how to use the tools God has given him in the correct way. You can't help but look to God in absolute wonder and amazement over how he has equipped that little creature. Which leads to another way to draw near to God, worship, which we did earlier. Boo. Wasn't supposed to go that way. Okay, so the point is when we worship God, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are worshiping him properly, and when we worship him properly, we are drawing near to him and he to us. So that's one more way as believers we can draw near to God. And truth comes from reading his word in context. And that's where this slide was supposed to come in. I can do all things through a verse out of context. Oh, bad idea, 1-1. It's from Oh, bad idea, 1-1. Because it really is, right? And you'll find, you know, a lot of the times when you're talking to people on the street, or you're talking to people just in general, they have, they have a wrong idea of God. You know, the love is love. God is love. They're taking one verse, even maybe John 3.16, partially, and they're missing the part about should not perish. What are the three rules of Bible study and hermeneutics, which is the study and interpretation of his word? What's rule number one? Context. What's rule number two? Context. What's rule number three? Context, context, context. When we recognize who he is, and we recognize what he has done, we can't help but worship him. This is the very God of all creation. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is fully and wholly just and righteous and pure and all those other things that we marvel at with him. And we should be marveling. Even that little mantis shrimp thing, I guess the thing is, it has the most sophisticated eyes of, of all creatures here that he's created. I'm not talking about, I'm not sure what the cherubim's eyes are like in anything, but you know what I mean. So he's worthy of our worship. He's, he's so worthy of it that when we recognize who he is, that he is our God, he is our creator, all these things fall into place. That's why David doing his series on Genesis is so wonderful. It gives us the proper perspective. And when we talk about, we recognize what he has done. I had someone on the street ask me, well, what has God ever done for you? I was stunned. I was dumbfounded. The only thing I could say is, 
everything. Because he's, he's given us life. He, he's met our needs, physical needs. Not that I'm downplaying those, but water itself, clean water to drink, that's such a, it's a heartbreaking thing because there are places where they don't even have clean water, right? You know, when we know who he is, by drawing near to him, he draws near to us. As believers, when we're born again, we come from the, we, the realm of knowing about him to knowing him, right? And so, each of you out there, here, do you know him? Maybe you've just heard about God. Maybe you came here today and you're not quite sure what God is all about. And Jesus said, I'm trying to think what Jesus said. He said so many things. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Right? I'll raise him up at the last day. So maybe God is drawing you here today and you've been obedient to that. When we come to know him as he truly is, and experience the Holy Spirit working in and through us, it leads to obedience. That's another way we draw near to God. We read his word, we believe it, and we obey it. And really, when you think about it, that's what Jesus meant when he said, follow, follow me, right? And he wants us to follow him. Now, now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says he knows him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. We know that we know him when we abide in him. All right. Do you know him? Are you born again? Has God changed your life? Has he given you everlasting life? Have you come to the point in your life where you see the need for the Savior, you've looked at the moral law, the Ten Commandments, you thought you could just, if you kept them good, that'd be good enough, you do the best you can. Have you come to the point, though, when you see that even one lie will take you to hell forever, that liars have their part in the lake of fire? God is so holy. I, you know, so many people on the street, they, they underestimate the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. And you know what else happens? False doctrine. And there's a lot of it out there. And we as believers, we have to be in the word of God. We have to draw near to him. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What a glorious truth that is. We have a great Father. So for you that don't know the Lord, repent. You need to change your thinking. You need to start heading towards God. And with a humble spirit, a broken spirit, and a contrite heart, these are God you will not despise. He won't despise you. He won't cast you out. You have his word on it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for this morning.
Thank you for your goodness, your kindness towards us, the, the marvel of your creation. Lord, we know who you are. One day we're going to see you perfectly. We will know you as you are, face to face. And so, Lord, as we go home, as we leave this place, Lord, those that don't know you, grant them repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Let them call upon his name, the name above all names, the only name under heaven, given among men by which we must be saved. And so, Lord, we just give you glory and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.